Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom's weight management programs are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. up welcome to episode number 392 of on the corner of the official pitcherlist.com podcast i'm your host alex fast joined as always by the secretive nick pollock nick how you doing not too bad fast what is happening why am i secretive i don't know you said something very esoteric right before we started recording and then you were like you'll see you know good good because i i i know if i say it I thought you were going to say something else as the introduction for me and i wasn't looking forward to it so was it about Read no! Detmers. Oh, okay. It's just it's, it's not even Hi everyone. We're back to normal schedule. It's Monday nights we're recording this. It's glad to be here. Fast has a wonderful haircut. Mm. Um he's he's drinking what looks like a, a shake. No, no, no. I have a, I have a nice I you oh yeah i have to get my iced coffee for you and yeah, I, I feel like I'm a, yeah. I feel like an extra from there will be blood today. I feel like oh, that's my. that's what I, I've yeah. abandoned my boy. <laughs> I've abandoned my child. Um, try to get away from the great. mic. Hopefully this that wasn't too stuff. loud for you. This is great I'm stuff. This is what this. we. Fast also has a mustache that rivals Spencer Strider, which means it's going to be a rough podcast, guys. Well, hopefully our podcast is better than his performance today because that right. was very frustrating saying. to yeah. watch. Yeah, oh my goodness! So. Why don't we start with that? I mean, uh, obviously we're going to talk about Spencer Strider a little bit because he's the third pitcher on the list. But I, how sure. much of that start were you able to watch from this morning in New York? Uh, I was watching it a little bit as we did the. Uh, as as I did the list, but like I'm not gonna, I don't know. I'm like everyone gets a bad start here and there. No, and of course. Like but fine. I was thinking about this a lot. I was thinking about this in terms of Kyle Bradish. I was thinking about this in terms of Spencer Strider. Uh-huh. It's so funny how quickly things can turn, and I do genuinely wonder. I won't say it genuinely, but I do wonder if the pitch clock has anything to do with it. The perfect example is oh, Spencer no, Strider no, to start. Well, Spencer Strider to start the game, right? Dots a fastball to Brandon Nimmo, strike one. Dots a fastball to Brandon Nimmo, strike two. And you're like, oh, baby, we got another 17,000K game coming today. And then what does he do? He throws his first slider and hangs it. Brandon Nimmo knocks it almost for a home run because the wind ends up getting a triple and the inning really gets away from Strider right after that. He throws 30 Uh pitches in the first. And it is just so funny to see how, I mean, really, he looked so dominant in those first two pitches, as dominant as one can look in two pitches. Yeah. And then it just changed. That's nothing new. You know, it's not no, like that's true. That's ne- that didn't happen before this year. That happened all the time. I know, but I do wonder if guys are not able to take a breath and just step off the mound for a second and collect themselves. Not that Strider needed to do that they, in the first they batter. They can take timeouts. No, they can't. Yeah, they can. No, they can't. A pitcher cannot take a timeout. They can do a it's disengagement to throw over to first. Timeout. That's the same. But, yeah, you can do a no, but they can't do that when no one's on base. You cannot step no, off the you, bat. You get, you get one per at bat. No, I thought you couldn't. You cannot. A pitcher cannot call a timeout. They can only do a disengagement if a runner is on base. They cannot call a timeout if there's no one on base. You get one per at bat. No. 
could have sworn I'm 99.9% positive because they were talking about it on the Orioles broadcast about how unfair it is and how the pitchers are. That's the that one sticking really point for them. I just assumed, I just assumed that there was one per. No, no. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. It's very uh, frustrating. I, that is incredibly frustrating if they're not allowed to get one. Just just one. Yeah. Well, if a batter, if a batter can get one, it, what the heck? it makes no sense. It makes absolutely oh, no man. sense. Yeah. Really? So that, that's, I, 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 I didn't know that. I'm really upset now. I'm like, uh, that's what I'm saying. They, they can't take a second if they have, you know, if there was a pitch that missed or like, let's say there was a strike that's been a strike all day and all of a sudden it's a ball. They can't just step off if there's no one on to recollect them, so, you know, you know, sure. Compose themselves. They can't do it. Anyway, there are plenty of things that we have to talk about today. We've got a brand new theme for you today. I think you're going to like this theme. OK, the theme okay. for today is um, Radiohead cover bands like bands oh, that you would want to hear cover Radiohead right uh, that that's that's going to be today's theme um, before it feels cold turkey to just dive right in are there any kind of shocks or surprises now that we're through our first month of the season for you geez what a I mean that's that's a fun one okay um, any any surprises yeah. Honestly, how many exciting prospect pitchers there are already in mm. one month? Yeah, this is insane. Yeah, um, this is more so than I've ever we've ever seen. Normally, it gets to be this way around like June, but by May first, I uh, I think there are like seven already on the list, and there's more possibly coming this week. Like it's it's a lot to deal with. Bryce Miller, Gavin Stone, Tanner Bybee, Mason Miller. I mean, I'm going to include Grayson Rodriguez in there as well. Yeah, of Logan course. Allen. Um, that's guys on the list. Then, of course, Brandon Fought should appear and Louis Varland should appear. Uh, Matthew Libertor is on the horizon, you would think, and so on and so forth. It's it's a lot. Um, I'm excited by it. I love it. Mm. It's just that's the biggest surprise I have. What about you, Fast? Um, yeah, that's that's uh, a good one. Uh, I was thinking about that today when I was listening to the Plus Pitch podcast. I think there's two kind of surprises for me. One, I was looking at the I tweeted out the CSW leaderboard from April this month, and there are I did a lot so, of April stuff. I saw that. That was really cool. Yeah, I just got bored at work. I was like, let's just do some <laughs> April stats. Um, I mean, like obviously Strider, Degrom, McClanahan, Gallon, even to an extent, makes sense for one through four, five and six are Domingo Herman. And uh, and Lodolo, which was which was kind of a surprise. I mean, Lodolo to me. isn't then, surprising. Isn't surprised to me. Herman, I I I see. I've seen him that he's got these stretches, but he's also he's inefficient, kind of. And mm. uh, like when he executes it, it's great. And then other stuff, not so much. It's also the lean of the curveball, which has really helped him. The other two in Barrios and Gore, Mackenzie Gore, are also quite interesting. Yeah, the Barrios one, someone was sending me a DM like, why are you down on him? This is his best CSW in ages. I'm like, yeah, but it's great undulator. Yeah, exactly. The other thing that was kind of shocking to me that we won't have to spend too long on it because it involves hitting was the barrels per plate appearance leader. Obviously, the metric that Pitcherlist has is, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. is a little more fun. But like to see the, the one through 10, number three is Jake Berger. Number four is Brooke. Uh, Brent Rooker number five is Brooks Raley like judge is not on this list Stanton didn't no. qualify like a majority of these guys you wouldn't have even assumed would be in the top 10 uh, uh, Reynolds Brian Reynolds uh, Edmund Sosa uh, like <laughs> it's Matt Chapman at number one right yeah Chapman is uh, Chapman is the only one over 20 percent Edmundo That's Sosa insane. excuse me not yeah it's insane 
Yeah, that's crazy. But how dare you bring up hitters right now? We're going to talk about pitchers today. You're right. And I I'm do sorry. want to give a huge thank you to everybody uh, for signing up for PL Plus and PL Pro last week. I think it gave 25% off with promo code root canal, <laughs> uh, all one word in, in caps. Uh, so I, I think I've, I think I've allowed it to go another week. I didn't put it in the notes, but just as a thank you for listening to the podcast this week, I know we have a general podcast promo code, but this one's better. Use this one. It's root canal, all caps, one word. Um, when you sign for any picture list subscription, uh, you got to come in. I mean, seriously, we do live chats every day with the staff to so make sure that your questions get answered ad free website peel bot is getting close to me on the streaming picks which is kind of wild mm. um if you want weekly and daily fantasy picks um and a lot of other stuff that i'm just forgetting right now but uh it's the best way to support the site and what we do so consider signing up at pitchos.com slash premium promo code root canal all caps so one word so good that's very good <coughs> excuse me very good stuff um all right we have our theme. We have our list hot off the presses. Let's hot go ahead and dive on in. We're in uh, tier one here, one through six. Garrett Cole, Shane McClanahan, Spencer Strider, Shohei Otani, Luis Castillo, and Corbin Burns. What's it called and why is it called that? So I need some clarification. Okay. Is this any band at any point in their history or like tomorrow? Um. Oh, that's um. no, that's more fun to do at any point in their history. Okay. Um, then, so the band I would want to cover Radiohead that I think would be most interesting would probably be Led Zeppelin, man. That would be cool. Oh, okay. Yeah. That would that be would, very interesting. Yeah. You have Plant doing all that stuff. You know, you have Bottom like making the drum sound huge. And like, I just think that would be super cool. Paige would mess around a little bit with it. Okay. Like, and, and let's be honest, John Paul Jones would like be like, this Ooh. is my dream. You know, it's a fun. It's a fun one. It's a very, very fun one. This no, always gets me so one. excited for like. I, I, I think of it like this. If it helps with the phrasing too, you're going to a concert tonight, and it's X band playing Radiohead, and it could be yeah, any right. band throughout time. So Led Zeppelin is how we start. Um, yeah. we should start here with the you know the only major change, which is that Corbin Burns leapfrogs from tier two into tier one. Not the most dominant of most recent starts, but definitely didn't kill you, right? I think you just ended up picking up five Ks. What was it about this most recent start? Of um, that uh, against the Angels that had you putting him in tier one. 39% CSW on the cutter. Mm. All right. Cutter's good. That's normal burns. At least we're getting closer to it again. Fine. Yeah. You come back up to six. Okay. Uh, anyone else in this tier that you wanted to touch upon? There's no Jacob deGrom, y'all. Yeah. Uh, so everyone gets a plus one. And yeah, uh, just yeah. to reiterate all the changes from that, it's Justin Berlander getting added at 15. We'll talk about that in a second. Gavin Stone and Brace Miller are also getting added. While we removed DeGrom, we removed Whitlock, Maeda, and Tyler Malley inside the top 62. Mm. I extended it a little to 62 because those two guys were at the end of it. But but yeah, no DeGrom, but you got Verlander back. So it only really affects the top 15 there. Who was the guy that you talked about in the Plus Switch podcast on Saturday that I think was a raised starter who was kind of interesting, sat with a low fastball velocity, but was super effective, just two Ks. Uh, maybe it wasn't a raised no, starter. No, no, it was Marco Gonzalez. No, no, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. Mar- no, it wasn't Gonzalez. No, it might have been, but I'm talking, this might have been on Saturday because it was someone who was interesting. I was curious to see what they were going to be on the list, but then I think they had some forearm discomfort and then went to the IL. I'll see if I can find who that person oh, wow. was. I have no idea. 
I know it was a, it was a weird one. I'll go look at Saturday's SP roundup. In the meantime, let's go. I like move black on to- out when I do the roundup and the, and the plus pitch podcast. I really feel like it's like Yu Gi Oh. We're like, <laughs> no, I I've thought about this for a while. Of okay, like, go on. I mean, of course, I watched this when I was a as a kid. I watched the first season of Yu Gi Oh, which like I think back on and how I cannot believe it was as captivating as it was as a kid. Mm. Um, it was like the simplest of games. It was like the, like the entire episode was like five turns of a card game. But I, uh, but the whole premise is that there's this main character that has like some ridiculous artifact or whatever that there the artifact's soul takes over during the game, right? Okay. And like because they're playing this card game, the soul of this artifact plays the game for him, you know. Just hilarious. But that's how it feels a lot of the times when I do like the SP roundup or do these podcasts. Anytime like I'm in baseball world, like Yu-Gi-Oh happens. And then like I'm just normal Nick now. And I'm like, oh, what did I do that? (laughs) We're learning so much about you. And I I can't even give you the cop out of it's late for you. It's delirious, Nick. It's 630. Nick, it's fine. I love it. Two things. I have the name of the pitcher. One, I have to uh-huh. give a special shout out. Justin Parodies always, of course, just crushes Amazing. the SP Roundup images. But he had one of my absolute favorites with May Day a couple of days ago with Dustin. That wasn't May. him. That wasn't. It's credited Aaron as him at the Paul bottom. Care. Oh, it should be. It's Aaron Polcair. Oh, inside I'm, the thing at the plus symbol, it says Aaron Polcair. Just fantastic work there. <laughs> it was just funny fantastic. is that I was thinking of it like May Day, like the plane crashing. Oh. And and then he sends that. I'm like, well, this is incredible. Like, I that's, I'm not complaining whatsoever. That's, that's fantastic. <laughs> we need to get a Bo is afraid one. The person I was referring to is Easton McGee. Oh, Easton, Easton McGee, McGee from Seattle. From oh, yeah, Seattle. I have no interest in this. Okay. Uh, let's move on to tier two, <laughs> uh, seven through sixteen. It sounds like a random hitter who has Easton bats, and I'm like, oh, it's Easton McGee over here. I think he's injured, so I don't think he's, we're going to have to see any more of his starts in the near right, future. That's but probably I think, why Bryce Miller is coming up then. Yes. Uh, so 7 through 16, Tier 2, Sandy Alcantara, Kevin Gosman, Max Freed, Zach Wheeler at number 10, followed by Max Scherzer, who returns from his suspension this week. Then we have Zach Gallen, Clayton Kershaw, Justin Verlander, Aaron Nola, and Christian Javier. What's it called and why is it called that? I'm going to throw a curveball at you. Oh, I want to see Frank Zappa do this. Hmm. Yeah. Great. Great. Yeah, right? Yeah. Like yeah, yeah, he yeah. would just he would study it. He would get it down to the the science of it and yeah. just like destroy it, you know? Yeah, I would I wouldn't that's a good one. That I, that's a really good one. I I like that. Uh so is Clayton Kershaw. He's a really good one. As he rises 10, and I'm going to venture to say that this is likely the highest he has been on the list in quite some time, right? Yeah. Because there's always been injury concerns and stuff like that. You also have of course the the famous acronym for him Tatiaga. Um but he's just been on an absolute tear as his most recent start taking advantage of the lowly St. Louis Cardinals. Seven innings pitched with no one runs, two hits, no walks, and nine Ks, picking up 11 slider whiffs, just pounding down and away with sliders with not the greatest four-seam command in the world. Some elevated, some down and away, some middle over the heart of the plate. But, you know, I think Mike Petriello tweeted about this. I talked about this in my fill-in during my, my Plus Pitch podcast. Sometimes you just want to sit back and watch a Hall of Famer pitch, and right? he's been crushing Isn't it. it? 
It's so much fun. If you don't know, Tatiaga stands for the ace that is always going to ace, which, you know, grammatically is not good because it should be the ace who is always going to ace because it's talking about a human, not an object. Doesn't matter. Tatiaga is better than Tatiaga. Tatiaga. But the slider at 21% swing strike rate this year is just like it's it's old times with with Clayton Kershaw here. Uh, 32% CSW on his fastball is as high as it's been since 2020. This is prime Kershaw. You'll love to see it. And he's still healthy right now. And the, and the farther you get into the season, the less time there is for health to become a problem. Yeah. So we already have a, what, a sixth of the season done. And Kershaw is just this good. I mean, I have to reward him for that. Also, I like the fact that now I only have aces in the first two tiers. Mm. Um, there are no aces outside of tier two and I'm, I'm getting a little bit more, um, now that it's May 1st, I'm getting more protective of the AGA label. Uh, and I felt, okay, Kershaw belongs in here. Then at the end of this tier, you have Justin Verlander returning. I don't know if he's going to be his best self out of the gate. He has aces going to ace label just because we expect at this point Verlander to be that. He might lose it, but I feel like he deserves it now. Aaron Nola hasn't had his curveball, uh, which is kind of wild. And uh, Christian Javier's slider has not been a consistent pitch and hasn't really been the Christian Javier we expected. He's kind of at this purgatory element where you can go either way. Christian Javier could turn into 2022 self moving forward. Or it could be regression. It could be actually going the other uh, other way. And I don't really know where we are with Christian Javier. So right now he's at the end of the aces. But if he does stumble again, I might push him down into two or three um, next week. It's kind of funny. I have Kevin Gossman in a league and I was offered Christian Javier in the preseason. And I had Javier like one spot above on the uh, on the list in the preseason. And I said, you know what? I'm going to. Hedge my yeah, bets here. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm very happy that I have Gosman and not Christian Javier right now. Justin Verlander has had one, I believe, minor league start uh, this year, four and two thirds with no one runs, two hits, just one walk in six Ks. Are you starting against Detroit on Thursday? I'm letting it ride. I know still ill is a thing. Um, I mean, I know it's a thing. I made it up, but... Uh, uh, but like it's it's Detroit and you're having fun with Verlander and I feel like he'll go five innings like I don't think like they start Verlander and he goes four I it just doesn't feel like a thing that Verlander will allow himself to do you know yeah no I'm with you I think uh, at this point be fine yeah I'm with you Uh, let's move on to tier three then 17 through 26 we got Dylan Cease Joe Ryan Julio Urias number 20 is you Darvish followed by Joe Musgrove Framber Valdez Pablo Lopez Freddie Peralta Sonny Gray at 25 and Jesus Cesardo at 26 what's it called and why is it called that oh this is tough because I really do want to want to like nail the theme I like a lot of really fun ones that I could do um oh man (laughs) Because we need a Y, too. But letting you slip without the Ys. Without the Ys? Yeah, like, we got Frank Zappa's a great answer, but not why Frank Zappa is lesser than Led Zeppelin. You oh, know yeah, what I mean? sure, sure, sure. Yeah. All right, I'm going to be stupid. I'm going to say Rage Against the Machine. <laughs> why? And because it's like, you don't really know if they're going to pull it off proper. Oh, but they but could, you, and it could be great. But it could be great. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. Or you could be like, really? <laughs> yeah, like, guys, yeah, that's not really what I want, you know? Sure. I mean, can Zach do the singing? I don't know. Probably not, but we'll see. Some see songs. Goes. <laughs> there's, 
there, I'll, I'll say it. We're not even at our first commercial break yet, but there's not a lot of movers and shakers. Uh, oh we're, God, we're, we're talking just time. minus twos. The, the highest riser. Um, and I think we talked a little bit about it. them this week. We love to see it so much. Me? Yeah, you. Oh, no. Oh, Sonny no, Gray's no, the highest riser. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, Joe Ryan was the one that you were you were really in on. I mean, we were both on, but you were more so with Joe Ryan in the preseason. He was my boy. He was. Yeah. He was my boy. I'm very excited to see him doing well. But no, I didn't want to go in and gloat. I wanted to talk about Sonny Gray I because I think. I th- thank you. Uh, uh, Sonny Gray is very interesting, right? And I, I uh, again, I'm not like people should be listening to the Plus Pitch podcast. I'm not here trying to regurgitate. But as I was driving home today, I was thinking to myself, oh, I wonder if this should happen. And then you said it. And it's very funny to me because it felt like we were simpatico here. I wonder Aww. if now is the time to sell high on Sonny Gray. I, yeah, I like, kind of think so. I kind of think so as well. And just because we have seen stretches of dominance from Sonny Gray and the curveball has just been, uh, to use that Gen Z term, it's been lit, right? <laughs> Sorry, it just turned it into just, even you more know, of a dad. You know you're old when you say these things and you know it's wrong. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> you can't possibly say and feel like this is normal. This is good. I can't take my show seriously. But like, yeah, Sonny Gray's pretty lit. Uh, no, I can't do that. <laughs> um, he's He is, you know, he is giving... Uh, whiffs i don't know what you would say uh so now might be the time to to kind of i don't know see what you can get uh if you're short a hitter or something from him with that said yeah maybe this does kind of sustain but between what is you know injury concerns for Sonny gray and the fact that he could theoretically lose this curveball and doesn't really have a heater that he could you know always rely on i don't know i i can understand the logic there so Sonny Gray is essentially doing everything right. His curveball hasn't really been a swing strike rate pitch in a while. Uh, it's been normally around like 12% swing strike rate. It's at 20% this year. Slider has been around 15, 16% the last two years. It's at 25% swing strike rate. Sonny Gray sinker is at a 28% called strike rate at the moment. And then he has a cutter that he kind of flips in there, 31% um, CSW. He tries to expand the zone a lot with it. So 60% strike rate. But it's effective. It's limiting batters to just a 132 Wilbur on it. And that's wonderful. It doesn't feel sustainable. It doesn't feel like this is going to be the guy for the year. But you say, Nick, 291 Babbitt. That's sustainable. Y- yes, I get that. But then the he hasn't let a home run. He also has a 92% left on base rate. But all of that aside, just based on how the repertoire itself is performing, Sonny Gray isn't normally this good mm. and it's kind of not believable for him to all of a sudden be so good across everything so see what is available in your league and i always suggest you deal a pitcher for a hitter and vice versa you don't go the same position because then it's really hard to gain a lot of value you have to muddy the waters with a currency exchange yeah uh, so so definitely do that i i mean i would heavily consider it now if you are hurting and pitching You'd have to do another step. So you got to go like Sonny Gray to an excellent hitter back to a pitcher. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but yeah, I think this is the time. Well, let's think about the context too, right? If you are rostering Sonny Gray, you likely didn't spend top 10 round value for him. You know oh, what no. I mean? And the fact that you can get that right now out of a hitter for Sonny Gray, that it also means that you likely have, he's probably your SP4, right? So... Go ahead. Well, then, of course, you lost Woodruff in the ground now. (laughs) Yeah, that, that, yeah, brutal. Um, All right, we've got plenty of other pictures to get to him. 
baby, are we going to get to them all right after this break? When it comes to weight management, we tend to put our focus on what we eat. But Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat. And that's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. Try Noom today and see the results for yourself. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. All right, we're back. Tier 4 here, 27 through 30. 27 is George Kirby, followed by Shane Bieber. Then we have Hunter Green, and last but not least, Nick Lodolo. What is this tier called, and why is it called that? This is called Cake. Uh, Cake. Oh, I was like, food. Okay, yeah, cake, yep. It's it's case cake. No. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) No, it's called Cake, because because I actually feel like he's got the voice for it a bit. And they would actually do like an interesting version of all of these songs from Radiohead. Mm-hmm. But I also remember distinctly when I was a kid, uh, my mom was a real estate broker with uh, with Corcoran for years. And I would sometimes get these gigs where I would be the the welcomer, like the real estate agents <laughs> up in the apartment. And they need someone downstairs for people to sign in and be like, oh, yes, go to this apartment, all that kind of thing. And I would get paid like a decent amount just to do that. Right. And I remember there was one guy I did it for who told me that the previous night he was a little bit late because he went and saw Cake the night before. Mm. And I was like, oh, what, what was interesting about it? I was like, well, the thing is, they took an hour and a half to get on stage, and then they played six songs and called it a night. Oh, my goodness. And that could happen with all of these guys. <laughs> with these four of, like, George Kirby, Shane Bieber, Hunter Green, and Nick Lodolo. I don't think so. I think I I honestly really wrestled with this because I feel like George Kirby could conceivably be in tier three, but he's not. I don't really believe that he has that top 20 potential without those secondaries being big whiff pitches. But I Mm -hmm. think he is better than the other three in this one, much more stable. So he's in this like weird, like solo tier almost. Um, But then there's like Shane Bieber who, hi, where's your slider? That's like the Mm -hmm. one good thing you have and you're not good at it right now. And, Maybe Shane Bieber has like a 21% K rate this year. Uh, what? What's going on? Meanwhile, Hunter yeah. Green and Nick Lodolo, how many wins are you going to get? What are the ratios going to look like? But we know the strikeouts are there. So it's cake. I I want to talk a little bit more about Nick Lodolo because I don't know. I don't know. I, I was really kind of hoping that this A's start was going to be the one where we were like, he's fine. The issues were command based or they were just, you know, good teams taking advantage in great American ballpark. And while it wasn't the worst start ever, right? Five innings, three earned runs, five hits, no walks and seven Ks. It was a it was just 70 pitches, which is very odd to me that they did not let him go back out for the yeah, sixth that inning. Is, that is strange. Sure. That speaks to me that they are maybe a little concerned about third time through the order with him right now. Or maybe they wanted to have him end on a positive note. But I don't know. I I mean, he picked up 16 whiffs. That's great. That's what you want to see. The command to me still 
just doesn't feel like it's there. He picked up nine mm-hmm. whiffs on the curveball, but even in watching that start, it didn't feel like he was having the curveball go where he wanted it to go. He's going to get the White Sox next, which is really nice because it's another offense that just and clubhouse that seems to just be imploding before our very eyes. But I don't know. Uh, uh, talk me off a ledge here with Nick Lodolo. 40% CSW in that start fast. Mm-hmm. Over 40% CSW on both the four seamer and curveball in that start against Oakland. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like that's all I need to say. You know, sure, he gave you one extra earned run than you would have been happy about. But it was a one whip with seven Ks in five innings. Like Nick Lodolo was pretty dang good in that one. And I'm with you that necessarily the command isn't as perfect as we want from him. He's not someone that I feel as if he goes out there and is precise. But he's also in his sophomore season. And he clearly has some legitimate stuff in his repertoire that he's going to give you a ton of strikeouts this year. I mean, he has a 30% K rate right now. Yeah, 30% Nick Lodolo does. 6% walk rate too. Uh, 10th best CSW in the majors at 33% does Nick Lodolo have. So, I mean, I, this is going to get better for Nick Lodolo. Um, I also, I mean, you see the whole season. I was going to be like, Nick, he has a 616 ERA and a 173 whip. Fine. I mean, I'm going to play the BABIP game for a second at a 456 <laughs> and a 211 homer per nine. Like, I sorry, 238 homer per nine, which those two things are not going to stick around. But great American ballpark, come on, not like that. So Nicola Dolo, I think, has the skill set to get much better than he is. And yeah, just stick with this. I mean, he clearly is going to help your teams more than hurt them. I would really like, I want to see if I can reach out to anyone that we know who might be able to provide an answer. Because I'm not seeing anything in my quick search about why he was pulled at 70 pitches. Because mm. he's gone over 103 starts. He hit 86. Maybe that's why. Maybe they're like, you know what, we want to just slow it down for one. Maybe it was 86 against Texas, though, in the start before because he was getting hammered. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't know. Usually well, he's stop, averaging stop around like the Bud Lights, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, all right. Any other people on this tiny little baby tier that you want to hit upon before ah, uh, we run to the next get him out of here? All right. Let's go to tier five, 31 through 41. We're talking Nestor Cortez, Drew Rasmussen, Logan Gilbert, Logan Webb. Number 35 is Nathan Eovaldi. Number 36 is Hunter Brown, followed by Lance Lynn, Charlie Morton, uh, Justin Steele, Jordan Montgomery and Chris Bassett. What's it called? And why is it called that? Um. Oh, man, I forgot the name of them. Oh, it's fine. I had a really good one. I forgot. Uh. Uh, this is going to be so stupid. Oh, I'll save that for tier six. That's fine. <laughs> That's such a dumb one. Um, I'm going to go with. <laughs> I'm going to go with Miley Cyrus. Okay. Because we know Miley Cyrus is capable of like, like Jolene to me. Jolene is peak Miley Cyrus for me. Sure. I can maybe maybe two other songs like Party in the USA and Wrecking Ball. And that's it. That's all I've got of Miley Cyrus. Yeah. So I'm completely basing this off of Jolene and like you give me an outdoor concert like Jolene for Miley Cyrus doing Radiohead you know there is a ton of upside there sure yeah okay so yeah there there are going to be songs you just kind of like "Mm -mm, that's Mm -hmm. not it fair enough Fair enough. Yeah. Or, and it, that's a perfect 50-50 split because that's kind of been the theme with Drew Rasmussen so far to start the year who falls for, right? Where there have been starts where we're like, oh, baby, Drew Rasmussen's looking good. And then he gets what? I, was it the Nationals who he struggled against a little bit? White Sox. There, 
the White Sox, but before that, the White Sox was the most recent one, but there was another start earlier. I know the Astros kind of dinged him a little bit in that one rough inning. Um, yeah, the maybe, Reds, you thinking of? Uh, no, no. Jays and Astros dinged him up, and then the White Sox was the other one. I mean, he did well against the Nationals and the Athletics. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, maybe I'm just misremembering. But yeah, I mean, just three Ks again, a 97 pitches to get through five innings. You know, obviously, it seems like the Rays rarely are going to let him go into the sixth anyway. Just looking at his pitch counts, it cracks me up. He hit the sixth in his first start uh, of the season against the Nationals, 66 pitches. He went seven innings in his second start, just 83 pitches. He's yet to, he went over 95 once, and that was this most recent start where it took him 97 pitches, like I said, to get through five innings pitched. It's just kind of been a seesaw for him and really not, you know, as consistent as you would like to see to start the year. Absolutely. Uh, at the same time, he's fourth best in PLV mm-hmm. among all starting pitchers. So I have to think that, you know, in each of these starts that went poorly for Rasmussen, it was at least a 440 BABIP and it just didn't go his way. And I, that's just what I need to lean on here um, for Rasmussen. I feel like it's too good of a situation that you have to keep going with him. I mean, I feel like this is how it is for Nestor Cortez, Rasmussen, Logan Gilbert and Logan Webb. I didn't really know what to do with them. There's a part of them that really wanted to just take them and shove them like to 50. I, but then I was thought, you know what? I can't, I can't quite do it right now. They're all going through some little rough patches, but Nestor Cortez should be better than he has been. I know the slider wasn't there for him yesterday. He only got one out of 44 whiffs against the Rangers. Fine on that fastball, but Nestor Cortez should be better than that. Logan Webb. Yeah. He's going to allow a fair amount of hits, but he's generally going to be a productive starter. Same for Logan Gilbert. Like these guys are still going to be, rostered all your 12 teamers you're gonna roll with this and it should be much better than your average guy on the wire but yeah i'm I'm a little annoyed by them and i guarantee you that there are guys underneath them in this tier that are going to leapfrog them in future weeks but all of them have their problems all of them have their warts so i'm at least going to go with the guys those four that have a history of success who generally should be much better than they have been At the moment, only three pitchers in baseball have a sub 1.5 ERA, and one of them is Justin Steele. Like that's point zero one. It doesn't matter. It's still under point (laughs) five. I don't know why it says he's tenth in ERA at the moment. We got to look into that on the player page. Well, no, qualified is different. So qualified for us is top two hundred starting pitchers of batters faced. Uh, not the traditional qualified because let's be honest traditional qualified by the end of the year is only 160 innings or 162 and that's not really relevant for for people using these stats a lot so that's that's why there's a little bit of uh, confusion while he is one of few with a sub 1.5 era (laughs) he does have the larger disparity between that and his fip um you know he's getting you what you need right he's he's keeping the walks under control which is nice right so far he's brought the walk rate down almost two full ticks you know it's still not great it's at eight percent but it's better than what we've seen a sub one whip from but a 239 BABIP with an 85% left on base rate to start the year. Is this another kind of prime sell high candidate? I think so. Uh, there are a lot of people. I think actually the first thing I put out, uh, oh, it's always interesting seeing the tweets right after I put out the list. Um, because I know everyone who tweets it did not read the notes. Mm. Um, so I got one that said like, why is why did Cobb drop? I'm like, it's in the, it's in the notes. Um, but uh, Justin Steele saying, oh, Justin Steele should be top 20. Justin Steele, to me, is doing great things 
right now. 148.90 ERA, 0.96 whip. 16% hard contact is fifth best among all starting pitchers. That's insanely good. Also, last year, 2022, Justin Steele had a 22% hard contact rate. That was excellent as well. Mm. Well, how does he do that? It's a really good slider, generally, and a fastball that sometimes he commands correctly and sometimes he doesn't. And that was my biggest pushback entering the season for Justin Steele is that, okay, he's a two-pitch two pitcher. I need both of these pitches to be elite. Are they both elite for Justin Steele? I thought, no, I think it's a really good slider, but I don't know if I really buy that fastball. What I've seen out of late from Justin Steele is a slider that isn't actually that great. He doesn't really command it as well as I was expecting him to as of late. The fastball has been good, elevated, and jamming right-handers, and that's why the hard contact has been as good as it is. But even watching that start against the Marlins, he had three strikeouts. He, mm. he didn't really have that great of a start. It was eight base runners. It was very unimpressive against the Marlins. And I just didn't see that top 30 starter here. I saw a guy who's good, but overperforming as of late. 23% K rate as of right now for Justin Steele. 8% yeah. walk rate, 28% CSW. That's 94th among all starters. So I, I don't really see someone who's sustaining that success. And I see the hard contact rate, and I get that. I don't see him holding on to a, a 87th percentile BABIP necessarily. Um, it, it just all adds up to, to good, not excellent. And I would be selling high on Justin Steele. Okay. Any other people in this chair that you want to hit upon? Lance Lynn, oh, obviously. Them. The box score, not indicative of the real performance in that most recent start. Um, well, Hunter Brown's really good, though. 25% uh, fastball usage is so fun. So fun. Lance Lynn had a careful Icarus of six innings of wonderful goodness. Mm. And then, you know, do you see this often where you go six shutout innings and then lose a quality start? That's very rare. Yeah, and that happened to Lance Lynn because he's on the White Sox. What else is going to happen? That bullpen. Um, I actually really, really like Lance Lynn moving forward. We saw this last year where he came back and uh, from injury, started the season, had like six really rough starts. Everyone was like, oh, what have I done? And then was just dominant after. I think we're starting to see that from Lance Lynn. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Charlie Morton's looking good. Curveball's great. So good stuff here. Let's go to tier six then, 42 through 50. Uh, number 42, Reed Detmers. Then we have Tanner Bybee, Logan Allen, Grayson Rodriguez at number 45, Mason Miller at 46, followed by Andrew Heaney, Lucas Giolito, Chris Sale, and Luis Garcia. What's it called? And why is it called that? Oh, man. You um, said he had one for tier six. I, I did, but it's so wrong, so I'm not doing it. Okay. Uh, it, it just isn't the right. It's not the right call fast. I have to do it for some. Fine. I'm going to sure. do it anyway. It doesn't matter. I'm taking it all back. It's going to be the ACDC tier. Okay. Because it's fun. They just, you know, it's it's like sure. ACDC goes up and does Radiohead, and you're not sure this is going to work. Mm. But you're like, heck yeah, I'm going to go and see ACDC perform Radiohead. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're just going to get hammered <laughs> and go see this. That makes a you lot know, of sense. Let's, it's all these so, young guys. Like, it, it, it's it's all the young ones who I believe in. And we sure. were talking about it before with the prospects. I legit, I see all of them, and there's a reason why we're hyped about them. There's some that have come up that I'm just like, yeah, I don't really care that much because I don't really think that they're that talented. But no, Tanner Bybee, Logan Allen, Grace Rodriguez, Mason Miller, these are legitimate pitchers. 
Yeah. And we are, it's not like they're going to have their moment now and then we're going to forget about them for 2024 and 2025. Like, no, no, no. These are names we're going to know for a while now. Yeah. And Reed Demers is actually younger than a lot of them. Hmm. Uh, and he's going through his adversity a little bit this year um, where I think actually the stuff though is really good. Slider is much better than it was last year. Like remember last season, Reed Demers was struggling a bit to start the year and then go to the minors and recuperate. Yep. This is a different pitcher. Uh, sliders has tons of CSW. The four seamers elevated as it should. It's increased velocity. I, I really think that we're like one or two starts away from just whoom. There he goes off into the sunset. Um, or not in this, whatever, uh, to the end of the year, not ending. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> so the pina coladas on the beach, whatever you want. Um, do you have an opinion here about Tanner Bybee versus Logan Allen versus Grace Rodriguez versus Mason Miller? I'm really curious about that. Um, you're right. I mean, I think it's a great point that the stuff is all there, right? So I think a lot of it is then going to come down to a few things. Who's going to get the opportunities, right? I can understand the logic of putting Bybee and Allen here, right? But you have absolutely no idea what's going to happen when Mackenzie Gore and Aaron Savale come back. You just don't uh, you know You mean Tristan, McC- Tristan McKenzie. Tristan McKenzie. What did I say? Uh, Mackenzie Gore. It's McKenzie like it's Gore, uh, now and later, so right? Or whatever. Yeah, Tristan McKenzie Gore. If that's the answer on Jeopardy tonight, wow. Um... <laughs> Yeah, so there's obviously that concern there. Maybe as you've kind of been hinting at that they finally say, you know what, Cal Quantrill, you're just going to be in long relief. We've got some better upside here that we could go with. Grayson Rodriguez, you know, I've watched so many of his starts and I really wish at this point he would have put things together a little right. bit more. Yeah. Um, now, with that said, I mean, it was it was a really encouraging last start against Detroit. But still, you know, I, I was wondering, uh, first I saw it on the box score and I was like, oh my gosh, is it finally happening? Is it putting yeah, it together? Is this no. the dominant start that really? And then I looked at it and watched it some more and I was like, no, th- this isn't really it. No, and while like, there are some changeups, he's trying to go down away that they would back up but then work, you know, it's like, well, okay. I, I just don't think his his arsenal is really there yet. I think the four-seamer has moments where it's really good. I think he's done yeah. a better job elevating it successfully. But I think the changeup and the slider, the kind of two bread-and-butter pitches that he was known for, there's just something off that's there. Now, yeah. I, I don't really care. It's the first month of this kid's career, and it's going to be a long career. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust that he's going to sort it out. I'm excited that he gets an opportunity to sort it out against Kansas City. But what I really want to see from him uh, and really from a lot of Orioles pitchers, Tyler Wells um, also, is when they face adversity, when they play Atlanta next, when they play Pittsburgh after that, when they, if, when they play the Blue Jays, right? And then we're going to see if the Orioles are, you know, kind of kind of worth being a, a playoff team. Mason Miller kind of the same way, where it's like there's so much fun upside. Don't know if we've necessarily seen it click the way that it needs to click, which makes sense. It's two starts. Um so uh, yeah, I understand it. It's electric. It's fun to watch. You're you're kind of waiting for that, like for all you know. I I think you hinted at this earlier in in the plus pitch where it's like all of the puzzle pieces are there. We're just waiting on all of them to come together and make that perfect puzzle piece. And it hasn't happened for a lot of these guys yet. Tanner Bybee, we'll get some more answers on because only been one start. So we'll get some more answers. Love that he's facing a judgeless Yankees for sure. Oh yeah, like love that he can kind of take that a little bit easier too. But. Yeah. So you and just then lastly, free space, you know, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It could just be you. Logan Allen can't really judge off his last start against Boston because it was just like such awful conditions. But it was disgusting. The, yeah, it wasn't great. But yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking about the young guys. I mean, uh, so I, I actually have a lot of thoughts about these guys and I do want to share them all with you after this break. 
so the, a lot of the things that you're mentioning, I'm with completely. And I, I think it's so important for everybody to grasp that in tier six here is really where we start getting hazy on how much value you get out of starting pitchers. And you're going to see a lot of names like, no, I would like to have those in my 12 teams. Like, of course you would. I mm. get that. Um, and you'd also want to have all these prospect pitchers, too. But when it comes to actually like locked in value for the rest of the year, that's why the top 41 is where they are. That's why Jordan Montgomery is where he is, because, yeah, you're going to get value from, from, from him for the rest of the year. Same with Chris Bassett, right? But there are other guys even in this tier at the end of it. Andrew Heaney, Lucas Giolito, Chris Sale. I don't know how much they're going to help you moving forward. I, I believe in them. But it's also, you can definitely see worlds. It's July and you're like, I don't have these guys on my team right now. I just can't do this. And you yeah. can say that about tier seven and tier eight and tier nine and so on and so forth. And where that moment is, is very much different for everybody, depending on the league that you're in. And it makes it really tough doing the list because I'm trying to gauge where those cliffs are appropriately. But if I don't put Tanner Bybee and Logan Allen and Grayson Rodriguez and Mason Miller here, you don't get them in your leagues. And these are guys that theoretically, it could be August and all of them are like top 30. You know, that's how good they are. That's how good potentially they are, which is not something I can say about the heavy majority of the guys after, even the next 20. So it's really difficult for me to put them in the exact right spot. And in many ways, I could be looking back on this with regret, saying, man, I really just jumped in too much on Tanner Bybee. You know, I didn't really weigh in enough that how the Guardians are going to treat it when everybody is healthy. And maybe Logan Allen and, and Tanner Bybee are not on the rotation anymore. And look, you had a roster spot and you wasted it. And you could have had someone else. Absolutely. I love the fact that Tanner Bybee has five pitches. And he has four of them that he throws for strikes. Um, and he has a fastball also that theoretically could be much better than we saw in his debut. I love that Logan Allen was allowed to go and get that final out against Rafael Devers as he went over 100 pitches. And he yeah. has three pitches in that mix. And I, even though it's not an overwhelming fastball, it's a well-commanded fastball. And a really nice slider and a good changeup. I like the fact that Mason Miller has one of the most overwhelming fastballs I've seen in ages. This is one of those heaters that you watch and you make a sound every single time. Mm -hmm. And I I know everyone wants to give me all the reasons why Mason Miller doesn't belong up here saying, oh, it's on the A's. You're not going to get wins. Oh, he hasn't thrown a lot of innings. thus He's not going to throw tons of innings later on this year, which is I've tried to, to refute as much as I possibly can. But 120 innings, let's just say, it shouldn't be 80. It doesn't work like that. Oh, we don't know much about him. Or, oh, he can't necessarily throw strikes. I disagree with that. It's not Matt Brash. This is not a Matt Brash situation of stuff plus loving it and then the command is so bad. His fastball command is much better than Matt Brash's fastball command. And his stuff is rooted in a heater, not a breaking ball. When your your best pitch is a fastball, it's a lot more believable for you to be instantly successful. I remember this time last year, everything we're saying about Mason Miller, we were saying about Spencer Strider. Mm. It's very easy for us to forget this, but this time last year, I think Spencer Strider just started to become a starting pitcher. And we were like, he's electric. He doesn't know where it's going with his fastball. Sure. You know, we don't know how many innings he's going to get. All of this stuff. Yeah. And Spencer Strider was Spencer Strider. And, we knew how good the fastball was from a stuff perspective. We knew that it was just overwhelming pitch, but we didn't know the rest. Now he had the benefit of pitching for Atlanta, which is wins and also a good defense behind him. 
But Mason Miller is so, so, I mean, you know this. It's yeah. incredible. So and exactly what you were saying by Grayson Rodriguez, the same feelings I have of like, I don't know what we're going to get from him. I don't know when he's going to put that together. One thing that I really like that you said is when a prospect pitcher comes up and he has some success and then he goes to his first thing of, of adversity, when he succeeds after, that is a more tangible level of success. The mm-hmm. second stretch of dominance is the one that usually sticks. So I'm looking forward to that for some of these guys. When when I see that first bump in the road, that valley, there's a part of me that gets a little excited. <laughs> sure. <laughs> because I know when he comes out of it, he's going to be better for it, right? What yeah. is the vel- development without point. failure? So I'm excited for all of it. I am in some ways favoring July, August, September more than I am now, which is likely a fault of mine. Um, but that this is why this ranking is here. And I've gotten so many questions. Oh my God, I'm sure you have too about like, where do I rank all these prospect guys? What order do you put them in? Gavin Stone, where do you see in this? Gavin Stone has a really good change up, from my understanding, and his fastball isn't as good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know how the Dodgers are also going to use him. Are they just going to get rid of Thor now? I don't what, what's going on. And then there's also Bryce Miller who apparently has an overwhelming fastball and does not know where it's going, but that's also maybe in the Mason Miller category. So maybe I'm putting Bryce with Mason and that's a better scenario with the Mariners because they actually do need that starter for a longer amount of time. So I don't know. I have no idea how these prospects are going to go, but you got to stash them. You got to do it. It's, it's, it's just the, in two weeks, it'll be so much clearer and you'll have the power of being able to have these or not and make those decisions. So you got to do it. Rant over. Let's go to the next tier. Also, Luis Garcia is throwing like 20% fastballs now. It's awesome. So that's cool. Tier 7, 51 (laughs) through 56. Like an hour and a half on that tier, but I dug it. Uh, Blake Snell at 51. Alec Manoa falls 17 to 52. Gavin Stone, here he is at 53. Then Marcus Stroman, Dustin May, and finally uh, Kyle Wright at 56. What's it called? Why is it called that? Oh, this is Muse. This is the muse because, you know, you, you know, it, it, it's you see them, you go, yeah, this is going to be a good show. Mm. Um, but they might they might take a little bit to warm up to you as they do their Ooh. thing. All right. Let's start you know? then with uh, with Gavin Stone. Are you starting in him in his debut? I know we usually kind of like to shy I away. I don't from do it. Debuts. I don't. I, I, I it's just the rule of thumb. You don't start uh, pitchers in the MLB debuts. You stash them. But I think it's a little risky to do that MLB debut. I think the only team I'm willing to not do that for is the Cleveland Guardians. I think they're the mm. only team where I do not care if it's a debut. I'll yeah, you've been mentioning this. Yeah, the, they they uh, from what I've heard, I remember hearing that they prepare um, prospects better than or pitchers uh, from the transition from the minors to major leagues better than any other team. And if I recall correctly, uh, it was because they were providing them with the same information. So the information they were getting on hitters was the same in AAA as it was in in. Uh, at the bigs and i, I kind of like that transition but I, I agree with you that even gavin stone especially against philly that's going to have bryce harper back which is a miracle um did you see i just saw a absolutely hilarious tweet that within the span the last what was it, it was like the last time the white Sox uh had a two-game win streak 
uh, Bryce Harper had like just had, so here it is. Since the last White Sox winning streak of two games or more, Bryce Harper will have had Tommy John surgery, done a full recovery and rehab and returned to the lineup. That's unbelievable. Truly so remarkable. Um, Kyle Wright is our biggest riser on this year as he comes up. He's he's close to the top 50 into the uh, top 50. Now he's at number 56. Uh, he's you know only made a couple of starts here and they not necess- not, haven't necessarily been uh, the prettiest except for this most recent one. It was just three innings, right? But no one runs one walk in six Ks. What, what do you see here? Kyle Wright only went three innings because it was a rain out with the Mets. Um and uh, or at least it was a rain delay and it stalled and it's annoying. Kyle Wright threw like 50% curveballs in that time. Mm. Kind of cool. That, 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 that's the way that Kyle Wright should be pitching because that's far and away his best offering. And if you swing 50% as opposed to like 35% curveballs, then, then maybe Kyle Wright could actually be more of that 2022 self. Mm. Um. I'm going to move on to the next tier because there's some really fun names there I want to talk about, and there aren't too many others in that tier. Uh, Tier 8, 57 through 62, Eduardo Rodriguez at 57, Jack Flaherty, followed by Graham Ashcraft, Drew Smiley, Josiah Gray, and Bryce Miller at 62. What's it called, and why is it called that? Greta Van Fleet, because a lot of them are super young. Okay. Um, Drew Smiley and Josiah Gray are arguably the biggest shockers, um, not necessarily at where they are, because I understand the ranking of the mid to low 60s. It's more that I don't think we ever would have anticipated that these guys would have been this high, especially this early in the year. Josiah Gray makes sense. I think there's been a lot of discourse about, you know, some of the tweaks that he's made, even though he did start to introduce the four seamer a little bit more in his most recent start, but had success with it. Yeah, yeah which is interesting. That was actually kind of in because it was cutters instead of fastballs, and that was his worst pitch. But then fastball's been good the last two. Mm-hmm. Better command with it, and especially with the slider and curveball down. That was really nice. That's that's selling me a little bit more. What about Smiley, though? I mean, he's he's rising up the ranks a little bit. We also, of course, saw that fantastic near-perfect game that was ended by him colliding with Jan Gomes. <laughs> but even since then, I mean, a, a pretty good start against a dangerous team in San Diego with five innings pitched, two earned runs, one walk, and four Ks. Labored a little bit, just kind of went sinker curveball, which, you know, isn't too uncommon. That's kind of what he's been doing the entire year, which kind of cracks me up. But what are you thinking about Drew Smiley? Do you realize he has a 3-2-1 ERA with a 0.93 whip and a 24.5% K rate? That's I just don't know if it's smiling. smoke and mirrors, though. Okay, so this is what he did the end of last year. Blake's on blueprint. This curveball is really, really good right now. And he keeps it down. It's a very effective pitch. 7% hard contact allowed this year. Uh, this is kind of what he does when he, when he succeeds. And I'm kind of buying it a little bit. I mean, obviously, it's still matchup dependent. It's not like I'm not going to just go, cool, Drew Smiley handled the Astros. Here you go. No problem. But I'm digging it, and I think it's a good schedule ahead. I believe he gets the the Marlins and the Nationals in his next two. Mm. Uh, not in that order. Reverse it. But I'm here for that. It's a two-start week. Go get Drew Smiley. Let's go to the next tier here real quick. Tier 9, 63 to 66. Another tiny little baby tier. Bailey Ober, Patrick Sandoval, Zach Eflin, and Alex Cobb. Now, people were concerned about the Alex Cobb, and I want to I push back a little bit. I understand the reasoning. I know the reasoning, right? But I have do have a little bit of a pushback. Good. Well, so I'm going to argument... tell you the theme first. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was so excited to talk about Cobb. No. <laughs> Why? Because it's, like, it's like, it's a small tier, so it's just a one guy. Mm-hmm. And... <laughs> And, you know, it's kind of like they do their thing, you know? Yeah, sure. 
sure. You know, you know, he's going to have the talking box or whatever. He's gonna, he's yeah, like, he's going to have the talk box, and that's what you're gonna, it's just an hour and a half of him talking. Frampton, paranoid Frampton plays Radiohead. You know, it's great. yeah. So the the you know you'll obviously be able to say why you lowered Cobb ten. I know a lot of it is because the slider usage, right? I don't know if this was the start to lower him just because I think he didn't throw it in Mexico City because the pitches didn't break. Um, like Darvish was saying, like no, everything's flat, nothing broke whatsoever. That's mm-hmm. why everyone kind of stunk. Um, now, with that said, it's not as if the start before he was really going slider heavy. Right. Uh, so I understand that. He threw four in the previous game. I just don't know so if this, this is, start this makes me, me think. That's fair. It's really been like a tale of the slider is not a thing. Yeah. Um, and to see zero, not even like try to throw maybe one or two and four. I mean, since the last edition of the list, here you go. Not to mention there are other guys I wanted to promote as well. You just have to like, yeah, I just uh, me chasing this idea of Alex Cobb now having an extra pitch that is going to make a difference. Mm-hmm. No, he's still kind of a cherry bomb to me. I know he's been so successful. And people be like, are you joking? Nick? It's a two, four, three year raid this year. How could you? lower Alex Cobb because that's a one three whip essentially I'm like I, I don't really think that he's any different than what we've seen uh in previous years uh, I think he's still gonna allow a good amount of hits what do you know it's a 10.6 hit per nine um thus far and props to him 85% left on base rate good job not allowing that turning into a high earned run total but those thinking of the stack cast darling last year that the regression coming back he's gonna be amazing yeah, no, this is the same cherry bomb Alex Cobb from previous seasons. Yeah, I mean, but we are getting the regression when it comes to the uh, to the ERA, right? We that are whip getting hurts. He has not yeah. had a single season under a one twenty five whip uh, since like what two thousand fifteen or something. That is detrimental. Hmm. Uh, and I hope that the ERA is better than the three seventy three that we saw last year. But I mean, this is. I'm just treating Alex Cobb like it's normal Alex Cobb. I'm not treating him like a 243 Alex Cobb. I don't think that there's anything different here. I thought the slider could be. It's not. So whatever you think of Alex Cobb from last year, you do you. I think of him like this. Okay. Let's go to the next two here. Tier 10, 67 through 76. 67 is Mackenzie Gore, followed by Hayden Wisniewski. Then we have Tony Gonsolin, Kodai Senga, Griffin Koenig, number 72, Vince Velasquez, followed by Mitch Keller, Sean Manire, Edward Cabrera, and Seth Lugo. What's it called? And why is it called that? Oh, man. I'm going to say it's the Spice Girls. <laughs> now, this is this is an old reference. I don't know if you remember this. Do you okay. remember me calling like younger players with upside Spice Girls? Of course, 100%. I mean, I haven't used that term for like four years. Really? Uh, yeah, I haven't. I've, I've really abandoned that one. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people, I bet half of you are like, what on earth is Nick talking about? Uh, yeah, I remember that one very well. I used to say like young pitchers coming up who we didn't really know if they were going to be good or not as Spice Girls. They want to be something, right? <laughs> And um, nowadays, I just call it like a frozen banana. Uh, I'm just like, they're not good now. Maybe they're good later. This is a lot of those. So, and hey, you don't know if this is Spice Girls do Radiohead. Eh, I don't know if that's really going to work out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be a fun show. Yeah, it'd be a fun show. 
Um, all right. So in this tier here, there's, you know, uh, uh, why don't you go ahead and talk about another one who you kind of have been, I don't want to say lambasted for, but you definitely have had to defend your ranking on. He moves up five in Mitch Keller. So he gets through the Dodgers test. However, you are not sold on that four seam location as you think there are far too many over the heart of the plate and you think it's, it's so going to get punished more. It's so funny. I just put out a tweet being like, what do you guys think of this? I did not say that I was against it necessarily, but I was like, I like it doesn't seem like he's doing anything exceptional. If you want to say smoke and mirrors, it does feel like that with Mitch Keller, but 14% swing strike rate, 34% CSW thus far on Mitch Keller's four seamer. Maybe there is something that I'm just kind of missing on it. I, you know, the whole thing I do here is predicated on me scouting. Right. Me watching these guys and feeling like this guy is pitching. Well, this guy's doing this, doing that. And over the years, obviously, I've become more uh, familiar with stats and being able to be more analytical and and moving a less less reliant on my scouting of it. And I still watch Mitch Keller and go, oh, that worked. okay." so often, you know, I don't feel like he's surgical in debilitating batters and i'm not really seeing him just excel i i i've been wrong in the past about guys like this i absolutely have this could very well be one of them i mean his four seamer has a 42 percent o swing and a 54 percent zone rate it's clearly doing good things eight percent hard contact rate and it maybe he's you can just throw it in the zone and it doesn't really matter and that's that you know, this cutter that he has, it's working out for him. He's getting a good amount of strikes on those. I still think the sinker should not have a 34% called strike rate mm. or 33%. You know, the slider doesn't get whiffs, only 40% swing strike rate on that. The curveball has an 8% swing strike rate. You know, it, it it just feels a little, I don't know, unbelievable. But I could be wrong and I'll keep moving him up. I would have moved him and Vince Velasquez up farther mitch keller and and velasquez if the pirates had a good schedule coming up they don't Mm. they have two of their next three starts i believe are the rays and the jays if i got that right and that's annoying i don't want to start either of those guys against that so if i if i saw a really nice schedule ahead i would probably have keller up in like the 60s or so something like that but i can't right now and this is very much at the time of like fringe of your team I needed to put him out a ranking where that says, yeah, no, you don't need to go out and get Mitch Keller right now. Yeah, that makes sense. Let's go to tier 11 here as we've got a good amount of pitchers to go here. 77 through 83. Tyler Wells followed by John Gray. Martin Perez, Merrill Kelly, Tyler Anderson, Brady Singer at 82 and Bryce Elder. What's it called? Why is it called that? I'll say it's the Pink Floyd one because they're kind of old now. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. That's all I got. (laughs) Speaking of uh, kind of old, let's go ahead and talk about Merrill Kelly, um, who rises 18. He's up at 80 now. Uh, you know, kind of been what is is he the king of the Tobies? I mean, he's just been doing kind of the thing that we're kind of used to him doing so far. Right. He's not necessarily yeah. been getting a lot of K's a 23 K rate, though. You'll kind of go ahead and take from him. The walks have been kind of jumping up a little bit. Why is it that uh, you have Merrill Kelly moving up the list? Yeah, Merrill Kelly's. Just well in course. Congrats, buddy. I'm proud of you. I recognize, yeah, King of the Tobies. I thought maybe Tyler Wells could also be the King of the Tobies yeah. at the moment. Good schedule. 
doing well for us. No pun intended. I, uh, but yeah, Merrill Kelly, sure. You got a 306 ERA, 130 whip, y'all. Not good. 14% walk rate. That should get better. Thus, mm-hmm. the whip should get better. But I don't. I don't really want to have Merrill Kelly. But I do recognize, like, all right. You guys don't want to just keep chasing everything. So fine. Here's some Tobies. Here's Martin Perez and Tyler Anderson with a much better changeup and Merrill Kelly surviving cores. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, let's move on to the next year then. Tier 12, 84 through 91. JP Sears, Johan Oviedo, Yusei Kikuchi at 86. Domingo Herman at 87. Falls a ho- followed by Jose Barrios, Kyle Gibson, Tony Disco, Anthony Discofani, and Brian Bello, or Bayo, excuse me, at 91. What's it called and why is it called that? This one's for Asher Drittel and Miles Nelson uh, and Daniel Salinger. This is called Clown Core. Oh, love Clown Core. <laughs> love Clown Core. Uh, I believe... Lewis See, Cole is secretly the drummer of Clown Core. That's my theory. Yeah, that's okay. If you don't know what Clown Core is, it's ridiculous. You have to watch it. You can't just listen to it. You have mm. to watch. I think it was on Adult Swim, by the way. Um, you have to watch the video. And it's these two absurdly talented musicians stuck in like a porta potty or a van. Mm. And they're playing the most stupid music. Like it's absurd death metal at moments. And then it's like jazz. He's got a sax going. He's got a. The drums sound so good, uh, yeah. but it, it's it's crazy, ridiculous music that like you kind of love, but you hate. I feel like that's this entire tier. I love that. Yeah, you should check out Lewis Cole. You would like him. I'm pretty sure he's the drummer there just in secret because no one knows. Yeah. Um, yeah, they just wear masks. Think, right. <laughs> they just wear masks, uh, clown masks, because that is the best part because they'll be doing metal and all of a sudden you'll hear like. No, what's really funny is I played during Arizona and I played okay. for him in the car like what's going on. And they have this one song that goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and then I'm doing the podcast live in Arizona, and all of a sudden I hear, I hear that in the audience. I'm gonna go, Asher. I yell at him. He goes, I didn't do anything. It's what you want. <laughs> and what I realized later is that I think that was someone's text tone. Oh, but it just happened amazing. to be the day that we listened to Clown Core. That's unbelievable. <laughs> But anyway, yeah, you have J.P. Sears throwing good fastballs and sliders and Johan Aviedo, who has good breaking stuff, but the command is whatever. What? That's unbelievable. That's unbelievable stuff that you're talking about. But we got we got to get to Yusei Kikuchi here. Um, yeah. So Yusei Kikuchi uh, rising up the list. I mean, I think are we kind of cautiously optimistic that that he's finally kind of turning it around? I mean, a 111 whip, a three ERA tied for, I think, the lead in baseball with four wins. You know, sure, the, the CSW isn't great, but we're talking about 26% K rate for him right now. And he just absolutely dominated the White Sox, which Drew Rasmussen couldn't do. And that slider was really good for him. It picked up a 33% CSW and he was spotting the pitch the entire day. Is this it? Is he, is it, is it, are, are just, we good? Is it okay? It. I can't do it. I just can't do it. I know some people want to. I just can't do it. Mm. I, that's, it's that simple. I know the slider locations have been really good. He's gone down a ton this year, which is really nice. Uh, low lock is at 67%, but we also saw it at 64% last year. I can't buy it. I just can't do it. Yeah, I hear you. I, it's always this, it's the constant struggle, right? Of like, I try to just kind of erase last year so much because guys, pitchers can just be so different year over year, but yeah. I understand the hesitation. I do. I understand. I think I would be a little bit more willing to take a shot, but yeah. I understand the I, I could be missing this, but I, I just feel like I, uh, mm, uh, that's all I got. Let's move on to the 
final tier here, tier 13, 92 through 100, Stephen Matz, Wade Miley, Kyle Bradish, Ryan Nelson, Michael Kopech, Matthew Boyd, Jose Suarez, Tyler McGill, Marco Gonzalez. What's it called and why is it called that? This is called the Drake tier because you really don't want to go to that show. <laughs> okay, great. Let's end on some positive notes here. Jose Suarez, really nice start. Uh, the platoon splits might not be as much of a problem from him as we uh, think, right? If the changeup is legit, yeah, because now he has this pitch against the righties. I, I would always say Suarez destroys lefties with that slider and then gets righties. Uh, he doesn't have anything but that changeup with a, what, 44% CSW, I believe, in that start. If that's actually believable. And he didn't face many lefties. That's why he saw a very low slider count. Um, that could be legit. And I'm I'm paying attention to that. Not a good matchup moving forward. So he's at 99, but someone to be aware of. And hey, we have a new 100 this year. We this, do. This year, we- this week. Fast. It is. It is indeed. It's Marco Gonzalez. Uh, It's, uh, you know, there's been, I guess, some kind of upside there, although it is a little (laughs) bit curious to see him. I mean, you know, four total Ks over his last eight innings pitched. He had the nice start against Milwaukee. He got shellacked against Toronto, which makes sense. Toronto. You just like that upcoming schedule for him? No, I mean, the Astros are next, but I like what he's doing with his command. He's actually Mm. getting changeups and curveballs down and really, really well. Um, he's staying along the edges with the cutter in the in the fastball. There's I'm circling the start against the Tigers in a week from now. That okay. might be the start for us to go after Marco Gonzalez at 100. These aren't guys you should be rostering. I I'm, I see what you're doing, Marco, and there could be a good Vargas rule ahead. Okay, I like that. I like that. Um, all right, Nick, we did it. There's so many good games to watch right now. Mackenzie Gore off to a slow start against the Cubs, which stinks a little bit, but that's okay. It's the, just the first inning. I think he might have given up a, a two-run bomb here. I'm trying to get down to it real quick. I can't tell. You got to show me, box score. You got to show me. Either way, um, any final thoughts before we depart? You know, fast. We're getting close to 400 episodes. Wow. Unreal. Eight away. It- isn't that nuts? Thank you all so much for Bizarre. following it over the years. Uh, yeah, you guys are the best. Thanks for supporting us as well with PL Plus and PL Pro. Um, but yeah, it's cool stuff, Fast. Beautiful stuff. That is going to do it <laughs> then for episode number 392 of On the Corner, the official PitcherList.com podcast. I'm your host, Alex Fast. And I'm Nick Pollock. And we'll talk to you guys next week. <laughs>